0: Good morning, good morning. Blake Hodges. is sitting in just one more week for Terry Slavins. He will be back next Monday. Um, but this is Life Planning 101 on KTX and KWBY. Joined now by Angela Robinson as almost every single week. So, Yeah, and you know, it's a little, little docile around here today after the Cowboys, um, whatever that was yesterday, which I, I kind of thank them because they gave me a good lead in for the show today. Uh-huh. Um, I worked an entire show around this quote, there is no way around it, but through it. <laughs> dun, 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 dun 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 Right, as a Cowboys fan, yeah. But um, there, this is a, something that hit me a couple weeks ago. I was at a conference, and um, there was a gentleman that was uh, saying this. He said, "There's no way around it, but through it." And for whatever reason that just struck a chord with me because I think, you know, we all go through things in life, right? And mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm a Joel Osteen listener. I love him. I keep him on my little panel on my Sirius XM, you know, when I travel and um he always says, You can either go through it or you can grow through it, right? Oh, I like and that. And I love it. Yeah. I, I love that. And so I think that's probably why this struck a chord with me so well. But as I got to thinking about it, I thought, you know, this is so true in so many aspects of life, right? You think about a death of a family member. You got to go through it. There's no mm. way around. Yeah. it, Right. Um, you think about, um, you know, hardships that you face, whether you've got a family member with a, a disability that you're caring for or a child that you're trying to rear that just isn't isn't a, a functioning situation <laughs> at the moment or, yeah. you know, whether it be at work or, you know, whatever is going on. Um, you know, a lot of times there's just no way around it, but through it. Right. Mm-hmm and you know you have messes in life you've got you know things that you got to clean up and the only way to do it is just to do it to clean I mean, it up you can't get around it whatsoever and there's sometimes that we can't avoid pain you know I think as a parent you never want to see your child in pain right mm-hmm. that's probably the hardest thing is when they're sick or you know when they hurt really hurt themselves not fake hurt themselves but really hurt themselves and you're sitting there thinking oh I don't want to see him in that pain and that even goes on when they're adults mm-hmm. you know that you don't want to see him in that pain and the same is true when you're experiencing growth because sometimes growth isn't easy and you can't go around it to experience growth, yeah, right? Exactly. Um we've embedded in our seven-year-old, ever since he was little bitty, first time we took him skiing, we said, you know, we repeated it like four hundred times up to the slopes. You fall down, you get up. You fall down, you get up. You never, ever, ever give up. And we always have told him this, well, and the other night, we're playing hide-and-seek, and he hid really, really good, really good. I couldn't find him. I mean, this went on for like five, six minutes. I could not find him in our house, right? And so I finally said, I give up. He, and I hear this little sound in the back. Never, ever give up, <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's so true because so, it's so easy sometimes just to give up or try to look for a way around things. Yeah. Do, we would do anything not to go through something, right? And why are we psychologically built that way when most of the time going through something is going to leave us better? Than where we started, I don't know why we're psychologically built that way. Maybe it's the devil getting our head, or I don't know what a it defense is. It, mechanism it's or a something. Defense mechanism. It's a defense mechanism, right? And you know, the reason I, I tie this back to to planning so much, um, you know, because this this struck a chord with what we do as well. You know, people don't want to go through it, mm-hmm. the planning. Yeah. Why don't they want to go through it? They'll do anything. They'll go around it in every which way, and then in turn they end up going through something else. Because they didn't do the Mm planning, right? And some of the most heartbreaking memories um, I have as an advisor and you know, um, working with people, it's probably the widows. If I think go back over the years is, is, you know, seeing the, the hardships that they face. And even when they're financially left behind greats do, you know, the husband did an outstanding job for them and specifically the great generation, I think is, you know, where you see a lot of that, that occurred that responsibility mm-hmm. and things. But, um, and I, I hate to pick on you boomers, but the younger the widows are, The more lack of planning we see. Yeah. And the worse it is. Because you think about we've become a society of if we want something, what do we do? We get it. We get it. Do we think twice? Do we see if it fits in our budget? Not always. No, we don't. And so I want you to take a woman that has been living a certain way for 20, 30, 40 years. Mm -hmm. Husband falls over dead. They didn't do the planning they needed to do. And now her whole life is turned upside down. She's 60 years old. She's still got 20 years of vibrancy left in her. Mm -hmm. Is she going to change? When she wants something, what's she going to do? Right? And this is what we battle with. As advisors, and it's heartbreaking. I um we there's there's one lady in particular that um it just breaks my heart because her, her husband was in our industry, in the finance industry. It blew my mind. She's you know she was very well kept woman, mm-hmm. for many many years. And oh, they were madly in love. And you know he'd do anything for. Her. Bought her a massive house and cars and diamonds and this and that. And towards the end of life, he made some really bad investment decisions, taking a lot of risk that he shouldn't have taken. Mm-hmm. Um, you know in real estate and such and they couldn't get out of it and he got sick and he didn't do enough planning Mm -hmm. to make sure that she's been taken care of well here she is close to 70 years old she's working a minimum wage job trying to just make ends meet think about that yeah that's devastating right you don't you don't think about you know the lack of planning you think oh i just don't want to go through that or i want to do this and you know it's interesting i went to a conference um what was that weeks ago whatever show I missed so two weeks ago yeah, yeah two weeks ago and there was a gentleman on stage and he was uh, talking about people's experience with financial planning you know do they like it what it, is it pleasurable is it this or that and they really don't have a positive experience <laughs> with it and I, I you know it's evident why okay so when you go through a financial plan you're asked for all of the information about your finances you got to go through all this fact gathering right mm-hmm. and that's a huge amount of work for some people to be able to gather everything up. They've never done it in their life. It's not consolidated in one place. Yeah. Right. And of course, that's what we try to do is once it's consolidated, it's always consolidated. We keep it organized so that they can access it too, yeah. you know, but um, that's a huge tour. Right. And then you get into the conversation of budget. Right. Mm. Do we keep a budget? How much do we spend? And, you, you know, you've heard me talk on the show so many times about even if you're a multimillionaire, it doesn't matter. If you don't know how much you're spending, how can you plan for your future? How do you know what that lifestyle bucket really needs yeah. to be? A budget's not constricting, but people don't see it as that. And especially a husband and wife. Because do you think that's a pleasurable experience when they try to fill out something? No, no, it's not. So this is a horrible experience to go through, right? Mm -hmm. And so people don't want to do it. (laughs) I don't blame them, right? It's no wonder. So, you know, what I'm going to talk to you about today is an alternative to that. Because that's what we found is that we found that, okay, our job is to motivate people to do something to help themselves. Mm -hmm. That's my job. Isn't that cool? I get to motivate people to help them to do something for themselves. (laughs) And if I help someone be motivated one day at a time, then that's a successful day. Because I figure that if you can avoid a circumstance like the widow I tell you about, isn't that worth everything? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, right? And most of the time, it's just being able to take the time to go through it, to prevent it, rather than waiting to go through it the hard way. So when we come back right here on Life Planning 101, you don't want to miss it. No way around it. Welcome back into Life Planning One Hundred and One, right here on KTX and KWBY. No way around it, but through it. But through it, <laughs> yes. And uh, I've got a little story to tell you about a, a couple. They were 75 years old and they decided they were going to get a divorce and so they called um their son and uh, the father called and he said explain he says i just i can't do it anymore your mom can't do it you guys are gone you've got your your own lives and you know we just feel that it's best just to to separate and and get divorced and and live our own separate lives and he said, Dad, Dad, you can't do that. you have been married all these years. And what about the grandkids and the family? And, and at this point, do you really want to do that? Do you want to be alone? He says, Why well, we're just done with each other. We just can't make it work anymore after 40 years. We just can't do it or 50 years. And so he said, "He said, all right, Dad. He said, but uh, I need to call my sister. Are you, you going to call her? Are you going to call her? I got, should I call her? He says, you call her. Just go ahead and call her. He says, and let her know. And so and she's in China so he calls his sister and she says, what? I can't, I can't get over this. I mean, they've been married. They don't seem like, what is wrong? And so she said, I've got to call dad. So she immediately picks up the phone and calls her father and says, you can't do anything. Don't do anything. I've already booked my ticket. I'm headed home. My, your, my brother and I will be there tomorrow. Do not do anything. Please do not do anything until we get there. So he says, okay. And hung up the phone, gets off the phone and he turns to his wife He says, well, honey, Kids are coming home for Christmas and they're playing for their own plane tickets. Oh, that's (laughs) awesome! I was waiting a minute, and I was like, "Is that true, or was there a punchline? Is there a punchline? Well, there is the punchline, right? That. That's yes awesome. So, you know, no way around it, but through it, right? Yeah. And I, I figure that's a, bit that's the best way you can plan through it, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. Yes. Um, but uh, you know, the I think when we think about this, we talked about you know obvious things of worse fate, um, you know, illness and divorce and death and those types of things and planning, you know, in the event of and we we call this the devil's advocate questions, right? We we work really really hard to help plan families plan so that they don't have to go through the worst of it. Um, but you know, there's something that, you know, we we don't, you know, some people don't even want to think about those things and, and just on a lighter note, what about retirement? You know, if you Google, if you actually sit there and Google, what's the number one fear for retirees? They fear running out of money. I would say that, that would be my, yeah, my guess they fear running out of money. Okay. So why not put that fear to rest? Why go through it? Right. And it reminds me of a story. So we had a, um, a friend that it, via scan, we've had him on the, the show before. Mm-hmm. OK, the heart scanning. And yes. The, OK. All right. So um, we tell everybody about that you know just we think it's miraculous we've seen two people go straight to a hospital get stents put in save their lives i mean it's just it's just an amazing thing for people to do you get scanned from your neck to your your hips and you know, they can pick up you know i forget millimeters of plaque you know yeah. hardly anything that's there and so this was a guy that hasn't passed many stress tests he um, was having trouble with uh, cholesterol. His dad had um, had three heart attacks, and his granddad died of a heart attack. It ran in his family, and he's living stressed, right? Mm-hmm. He's thinking, I'm going to go down the same road. And we keep saying, why don't you go? Why don't you go, right? And he didn't want to go for whatever reason. We were nagging him. He's a friend. So we just kept par- prodding him every time we saw him. Are you going to go, yeah? Should we book you? Can we, can we get the hotel room? We'll take you. you know, we yeah. can <laughs> do anything to take him. And uh, he didn't end up going. And immediately, like he gets out of there and sends us a text and it says, it's clear. Oh. Exclamation, exclamation, oh. exclamation point. It's clear. Think of the relief that he had. Think of how many nights, though, he's out there worrying. Mm-hmm. How many nights did he stay awake thinking, am I going to have the same fate yeah. as my family? And why did he hesitate so long to do it? Fear? I think it's because then what you find what you find and then you have to deal with it, it. Right. You know, exactly. So is that the same to be said about your planning? Most likely. Most likely, right? We got got to uncover the ugliness, right? We got to look at things. You know, we always talk about progress starts by telling the truth. And who do you have to tell the truth to first? Yourself. Yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to do because we just want to live on the happy side. I'm a a glass half full kind of person. And I love doing that. But I'm also a realist enough to know that you can't live that way and not have prudent concern about certain things in your life. Just like this gentleman, had he just taken the time earlier, probably would have saved him two weeks worth of nights of staying up late, you know, and and worrying about his own, um, his own heart health. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what is it for you? What's going on in your life that, you know, that you need to take care of that, you know, if something were to happen, you'd be going through it Mm -hmm. and not in a good way. Right. Yeah. What do you need to go through right now to prevent it so that it's not going to be going through it in that hard way, right? Mm -hmm. Is it that retirement? Is it your business? Your business's succession? You know, I see, uh, we obviously work with small business owners, right? Mm -hmm. And I think small business owners, I hate to say this, you're the worst. You're the worst of anybody. You're the worst about planning of anybody I know. (laughs) A lot of people don't even want to work with small business owners in our industry. You know why they don't want to work with them? They're hard-headed and they don't save money. Okay? They invest everything back in their business. They don't save money. And so they make their own worst enemy because they live and die by that business. If that business works, great. If it doesn't, It doesn't, and they got nothing at the end of the day, and they're their own worst enemy, okay? We choose to work with business owners, I guess because we're glutton for punishment. Um, (laughs) I don't know, but (laughs) we choose to work with business owners, and and part of it is because I think we feel like we can really help them. I mean, obviously, we're a small family business, right? Yeah. And so we we encumber a lot of the same problems and issues that um, other family businesses make. We also um, have worked in ranching for years. So, you know, with that background, we encompass some of those same values and things around that that Mm -hmm. these farmers and ranchers and these farm and ranching businesses have and so it's a it's a you know hand in glove type situation but i won't I will tell you the truth. You're still hard to work with. It doesn't make <laughs> it that much easier. And the reason why is because you're always looking at your business as the investment and what's happening today, what's happening tomorrow. And some, Sometimes you don't even plan. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you're very successful on the business side, but you don't want to work on your business. What needs to happen? What would happen if? You yeah. don't want to think about those things because you're Superman. You made this happen, right? Well, because it's like that's not in your head. That's not an option. That's, that's not that's not an option. Right. Yeah. And especially men. I think women are a little bit more apt to be able to say, OK, the what ifs could happen. Mm-hmm. Men say, no, I've got to be there to take care of it. If things fall apart. I've got to be there to take care of it. And I'll tell you this, you know, most of the planning that we do involves strengths, strings that business owners can give but pull back, sell but pull back. Why is that? It's that right there. It's that thing that they feel like they've got to be there to pick it up if something falls apart, right? Okay, so, you know, the reason I tell you that is because you need to look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself if you're that person. And if you're that person, you need to seriously think about the devastation that could happen by not doing planning. Okay, could it rip your family apart if you're a family business? my guess is yes mm-hmm. if you haven't planned okay my guess is 99% yes if yeah. you haven't planned because it it is a very detrimental thing things that you think would never come to the table elephants that you know are in the room that you aren't addressing are you know very they're gonna important get addressed. Yeah, yeah they're going to get addressed one way yeah. or the other right yeah. and if you're a small business that your family has nothing to do with it you've got key employees have you planned for that for them to take over the business is that going to work what about if you have nobody to take over your business if you fell over dead tomorrow would a fire sale have to happen? Ouch, right? Yeah. So this is real stuff. And this is the same for your legacy, okay? So again, I'm gonna kind of uh, pick on a generation, the silent generation. So I picked on the boomers earlier. The silent generation, I think of the worst people about um, their legacy planning. They left plenty of money, right? This is a wealthy, wealthy generation, but nobody talked. Hush, hush. Yeah. Nobody talks. Nobody says anything about anything, right? Mm-hmm. And so now you got a bunch of what? Attorneys out there, attorneys doing what? Making a lot of money fighting over court cases, fighting mm. over estates. Right? Did you know that Anna Nicole Smith's case was not settled until after she was dead? What do you mean? You know Anna You remember Anna? No, Nicole yeah, Smith? I remember okay. her. But so she fought for that Howard whatsoever. That oh, oral from her husband. Yes, everybody was dead. Her son was even dead when the court. So who won? The attorneys. And the whole situation. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, we we always call it legacy planning, not just estate planning. Why do we do that? Well, we call it legacy planning because isn't it more important that you pass on your faith, your values, your traditions, your work ethic, vocations, all of these things rather than just the money? Yeah, absolutely. If it's just the money without those things, what is the money good for and how long is it actually going to last, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is where we've gotten it entirely backwards in our, in our culture. Uh, you know, I give uh, the Europeans a lot of, a lot of t- I obviously am totally a capitalist and don't necessarily believe in the old way of what they, how they used to do things and, and such, but you had a, a family brother that was lined up to take care of everybody after the family father passed and everybody knew that. It was mm-hmm. out in the open, right? Yeah. So was it really that many family feuds? Probably not. That's just the way that it was. It was just the way that it was, yeah. right? And it was expected. Now, what's expected here? Who knows? Who talks about it? Yeah. So if you're left questioning, could anger happen? Oh, yeah. Resentment? Could. Questions? Yeah. What if, what if one brother, the responsible brother, is left to settle the estate, but takes years to do it because they have a busy job and a life to do? The other brother's going to get upset with them? Mm -hmm. absolutely this happens all the time right and these are those going through it no way around it but the thing is is that there is a different way around it we're going to know more right here on life planning 101 when we come back welcome back in it's the third and final segment here on life planning 101 Angela Robinson take it away yes there's no way around it but through it right and uh, make sure you tweet us at KFS Life Planning. What is the reason that you don't do preventative planning? Nothing bad's going to happen to you. There's no need to do it at this point or just not a priority. What is it? <laughs> we want to know. We want to know what motivates people to or to not do something. You know, um, <laughs> this, this is uh, so interesting. I remember when I came into this business, I'm going to tell you, I, I had a hard time. I, it took me a long time to decide. Probably took me about seven years to decide if I really should have been in this business. And it wasn't the... I love the content. I loved the planning. I loved everything about it. What was so hard was that when you saw something that needed to be done for somebody and you poured your heart and soul into help trying to help them get it done and they didn't do it mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it just killed you. Yeah. I mean it absolutely killed you, knowing what could possibly be the outcome to that and not such a good way, right? Yeah. And um, I I struggled with this a lot and my dad would tell me, he'd say, Angela. You can only help people that want to be helped. Yeah. You can only help people that want to be helped, right? And it's so true. And so you have to ask yourself, you know, why is it that human nature that we do nothing until the gain is big enough or -hmm. the pain is big enough? Yeah. Right? Why is it that we do that? My husband suffered from allergies like for his entire life, right? Mm-hmm. And we found a, like a kind of a holistic way to treat him. This has been a decade ago and he hasn't been on drugs. He used to go in and do shots like every quarter and be on drugs every day, cleared in every single day of his life and he hasn't done that. For years. He still struggles some, but not to that extent whatsoever. Yeah. And so he would always tell people, you know, about what he was doing and they're like, Oh, I don't know about that. And he'd say, When the pain's bad enough, just call me. Yeah. <laughs> when the pain's bad enough, well about this time of year, everybody's picking up the phone and started calling, right? <laughs> so <laughs> you know, it's so true though. So why do we not take those preventative measures for our health, our yeah. family's health, right? our business, our future, anything, anything, we don't do it, right? It's not, the pain's not there. The gain's not there. It's not the priority. It's not right at the top of life. But if, you know, someone got hit by a Mack truck in your family tomorrow, the pain is going to be there. The priority is going to be there. And we forget how precious life is and how vulnerable we are to these events that happen all around us each and every day. Mm -hmm. And it can just up, upset and rock your world you know it rem- reminds me of that oh what's that parable about the kid in the river and he's drowning and they sent out a little raft and he said no no god will save me and you know then someone came out in a boat and he said no no god will save me and the ship came by and tried to help him to no no god will save me to drown and he gets the pearly gates and he said, "Well, why didn't you save me, God?" And he said, "Well, I did. I sent you a raft, a boat, and a ship, and you didn't take any of them, yeah. right?" <laughs> and so, Tops. yeah, exactly. So, you know, are we guilty of that? Yeah. Do we see that raft out there waiting for us to be able to get ourselves on and clean up the messes that we we knew we know we need to take care of, so we can choose that different through it to go through, right? Mm-hmm. So, I've got a challenge for you this week. I want you to find your motivator. I want you to find that what if. That is so good that you don 't want to mess it up, but probably your motivator is going to be that it 's so bad that you can 't stand the thought of it mm-hmm. maybe it's leaving your family behind with a mess, maybe it 's leaving your business behind and you don 't know what would happen maybe it's you know knowing that you need to take care of your retirement so that you 'll be able to sleep at night and actually enjoy retirement, yeah, whatever it is, write that motivator down and look at it every single morning put it on your mirror put it in your shower I've got a thing in my shower I read every single morning it's a remi- reminder you know for my whys in life and it's so powerful because it motivates me every single day to make decisions to work on the things that are most important and the rest is just stuff mm-hmm. it's just stuff. And if you start prioritizing it that way, I promise you're you going to look at life a whole lot different. You're going to feel different. You're going to feel better. You're not going to have this stress pulling on you constantly, this worry, this staying awake at night because you just take care of things, right? Yeah. But you got to find that motivator and you got to remind yourself of it constantly because if you don't find that motivator, we're going to be sitting here a year from now. We're going to have a show similar to this. And guess what? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I was listening to that show last year, and this is the same yeah, thing I need to be taking care of again. Now. Huh? Yeah, that's exactly right. We do yeah. it, right? Yeah. So there's still time left in 2019. Don't make this a New Year's resolution. Make this a way that you can finish out your year strong and feel good about your future, feel good about your family's future, and be able to walk forward in confidence and knowing that you've been given all the tools and you're using them Yes. when you get there, right? I like it. My name is Angela Robinson with Kennedy Financial Services. God bless everyone. Thank you for listening each week. Thank you for joining us for Life Planning One Hundred and One. Brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at eight thirty on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at nine o'clock on KATX and KWBY for more Life Planning One Hundred and One. Advisory services offered through Smart Money Group LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Calton and Associates Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Kennedy Financial Services Incorporated is an independent of Carlton and Associates Incorporated and Smart Money Group LLC.